All right, here we go. Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 94 of Justified Pursuit. Alongside, as always, here he is, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook, who I will wholeheartedly lame 100% of the blame on for us not having a show last week. Uh, and earlier this week, apparently. Oh. <laughs> I'm having... <laughs> I'm I'm ha- I'm having issues. Um, it's a real shame. We tried this yesterday, y'all. Uh, yesterday uh, yeah. being, I guess Tuesday. And, Super glitchy. Uh, I don't know when it'll come out, but yeah, we were having technical issues. And I, what what the bummer is is that I robbed everybody of uh, enjoying Cable's rage. Uh, yeah, seems I'm in a lot better calm. place today. Yeah, he seems to have calmed down significantly from. Uh, yesterday, when he found out he was going to have to spend somewhere upwards of six to nine thousand dollars repairing his POS General Motors product, F you Chevrolet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like after we got off the phone yesterday, when I was at the kids' soccer practice in my sister in law's Honda Accord. By the way, have you driven a sedan at any point in time recently? It was so weird. I could, I felt like my blind spots. I couldn't see them. I also felt like a decrepit old human being trying to get in out of the, in and out of the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. You have to get so low. I mean, yeah. it's a Honda Accord. It's a nice car, but I, dude, I could never go back to that ever. Uh, it has probably been a little bit since I got in. It hadn't been that long since I got it. No, I guess it hasn't been that long. Other I, than an Uber, I rent them when I travel. That's I will it. say my my flexibility has improved so much uh, since the beginning of COVID uh, hysteria. Uh, I was renting a lot of cars in the five years prior to that. And it got to the point where, I mean, you want to talk about feeling old. Like I could not like I, squatting down, you know, bending down to get in. And then like, I didn't have the neck flexibility to like duck under, but nowadays I'm much more limber. So I didn't notice it the last time I got into a sedan. So there I was in the Honda. You can't Accord. deny the fact that they sure do drive nice though. They do. They really like, do. It's so comfy once you're in the damn thing and you're driving mm-hmm. other than not being able to see and feeling tiny and, <laughs> know just just the driving experience it's nice there i was though looking at ford and dodge pickup trucks on auto trader (laughs) i'm not driving a sedan on a daily basis by any stretch of the imagination i'm just saying that they're nice to drive i would love to have like a like an older model bmw 3 series for just shooting around mm -hmm. uh, when i don't need my truck that'd be cool well i need my truck i don't have it it's uh they say that it, maybe it got hit by lightning this is at meineke auto and the only reason i took it there is because the truck went into limp mode and i couldn't get anywhere i was going five miles an hour with the flashers on all the sensors four-wheel drive abs uh um traction control all of them are firing off i don't know what the hell is going on truck actually shuts off i have to restart it drive five miles an hour start it again die start it again anyway finally get there and they say, oh, yeah, some of these uh, modules are out. Well, $5,000 worth of labor and modules. Later, they call me yesterday and say, we think it's actually your transmission. <laughs> and that's going to be 7500 bucks." And I said, you know what? You're not, you're not touching the truck again. You're done. And I'm not paying the five grand. we will come to some kind of agreement. They, before I even said that, they, they had already walked back to 3500 because I think they feel like they are really stupid because they are. Uh, but now I have to get it and the transmission is trashed. I had a, another guy, a mechanic from Houston. When I put this on Facebook saying like any mechanics want to give me a second opinion because they just sent me a photo of my transmission pan and it's full of metal. And that guy was like, well, the one thing they're right about is your transmission is trashed. <laughs> right. That I can guarantee you is screwed. 
you're going to have to have a new transmission. It wouldn't have anything to do with all the weird electrical problems, though. You know, unless the transmission oh, control okay. modules are started freaking out and didn't. I, I don't know, dude. I'm not a mechanic. Yeah, whatever. They say the Meineke's trying to tell me he got hit by lightning. This guy's like, no, if he got hit by lightning, the truck wouldn't start. But this is why way, older, pit. older analog based vehicles are worth more today uh, than you know they were when they were built. Yeah. The good news is, I think I only paid thirty five or six seven thousand for that truck somewhere in there. I think I bought it. It's two thousand eighteen with seventy five thousand miles. I think I only paid like. 35,000 for it, 36 maybe. I don't know, but I could sell it today for maybe more than that if the transmission works. You get well, I gotta fix it. Probably still get 20 to 25 with the bad transmission, but yeah, I'm not doing, but I'm gonna fix it and then sell it and get myself a proper Ford or Dodge. There you go. I I went through a, a phase from the time I graduated college until. Probably about the time we finally had our Subaru. third kid. Subaru. <laughs> where, where we, we, a Subaru. We got in and out of a lot of different automobiles. I will uh, acknowledge and admit to that. Uh, and we tried them all. Rams, uh, Fords, Chevys, Subarus. You had a Ford uh, in college, I believe. Yeah. It's an older 97, I think, F-150. Uh, and that was a prime good example. Never had a single problem with that truck. Um, oh, and uh, we had a, a short-lived uh, failed experiment with a Mazda that I got for Ashley, which was a, speaking of sedans, a badass little car, but she was not into, she was an SUV girl since mm. 16. So she was not into the small car, but it was a sweet little ride. <clears throat> Mazda 5, I think. Little four-door, fast. Mm-hmm. a lot of road noise but other than that it was pretty sweet my point is um out of all of them hands down the gm was drunk junk from day one every mm-hmm. I, I had to i had a work G, a gm work truck that was actually a gmc which is supposed to be the professional grade of gm products yeah and then a chevy tahoe that we got for ash dude like parts on the tahoe would just fall off they would just fall uh, off. I had a, I had a Sierra at like GMC ten or fifteen thousand miles, dude. I'm not talking about a hundred. It was a brand new vehicle and a part. It was the cowling. There's like a black piece of plastic between the front and rear windows, mm. right? The door, the door frame. When you look at it, you'd think maybe it's just like a powder coated like metal, but no. There's a piece of crappy plastic just snapped on there, and it just fell the f off. Mm. Just fell off. What is that movie I'm trying to think of? I think maybe a stand-up. I think it might be a Ron Ron White bit where he's like, it fell off. It fell off. It fell the F off. I, I was thinking of uh, Petey, in, uh, but in Dumb and Dumber, our, our pets' heads are falling off. Right. <laughs> My car's parts are falling off. Yeah. The Fords, uh, you know, they, they don't. it's like anything else in engineering man one thing about gm that and i think is part of why it's always had a fairly loyal fan base is that they build fancier trucks when you get in them they feel nicer they look nicer right they're real fancy the (laughs) ashes are way fancier than ford forever has been like as plain even the even the lariats even the king ranches they still you get in them and they just feel kind of basic 
compared to a GMC. And I'd say Ram is kind of in between. But if you know anything about engineering, you know the more basic it is, the more bomb-proof it is. Period. Even the Whoa. transmission issue. This is legit. Look this up. Chevy transmissions for the longest time would shift smoother than a Ford, right? Ford transmissions, it's getting better, but certainly like in the middle 2000s. When it would shift gears, it'd be like, and it just felt like it was the car was jerking, right? The truck was jerking. And these Chevy transmissions would just smoothly just, just you know, do their thing. But which ones blow out? The Chevy ones. 10 times out of 10. The Ford trend, Fords never have transmission problems. It feels rough because it's ready for rough duty, man. So, Whatever. Screw and Rams, are, Rams make done. fantastic trucks. Don't let anybody lie to Screw you. Screw Meineke and Chevy. Ram makes Because one's trucks. raking me over the coals and the other one. One's incompetent. The other one just built a shitty product, which I've only said that word one time. Yesterday, I said it five times. Yeah. We talking I, about this. So I do think a little bit. maybe God dealt us those technical issues to give you a chance to cool it because you were going to assault all of our Christian listeners ears with F-bombs. I didn't say any F-bombs. <laughs> Yesterday? No, I just said the S word a bunch. No, you don't. Even in my fury, I did no, not sorry. say that word. Liar, liar, liar. I'm not lying. recorded. It's recorded. I'll play it back to you. Actually, I already listened to it because the audio, your side was so glitchy. Uh, and so, yeah, you took a week off and then showed up with a big bag of audio problems for me to deal with. I took a week off. Yeah, I was just <laughs> kicking it at the beach. Yeah. Well, I don't know what we're going to do next week because I'm headed to Wyoming for 10 days. So it'll be my turn for you. When we come back after that, you can kick me in the nuts. But the I got to go to the work. Al the algorithms will be uh, bending us over a barrel for the next month. What are you going to do? Yeah. Sorry, uh, y'all. We have to celebrate though, because I sent you this email yesterday, and we got censored. We have two video, two two episodes on our YouTube channel. It's Justified Pursuit YouTube. We maybe have ten subscribers because we only have two episodes. Now we only have one episode, Chisholm, because they took one down for censorship. Fifty percent of our YouTube content content has been has been struck. Yeah, That's awesome. Let's read yeah. their uh, their email to us. Uh, hi, Cable Smith. Our team has reviewed your content, and unfortunately, we think it violates our medical misinformation policy. We've removed the following content from YouTube. Episode 92, Lighthearted Musings Take a Dark Turn as Chisholm Drops, Internet of Bodies Haymaker. And, uh, and then they said, we know that this might be disappointing. Hardly, where it is a badge of honor, uh, but it's important to us that YouTube is a safe place for all. If content breaks our rules, we remove it how your content violated the policy. YouTube doesn't allow claims about COVID-19 vaccinations that contradict expert consensus from local health authorities or the World Health Organization. Wow. They're still hanging on to the WHO as the Bible. Yeah, well, I mean, they're globalists, dude. The tech industry are globalists, right? Mm. Like It's all part of the same... Same cesspool. Yeah. So good for us. We get someone listened, so, or somebody said, "Hey, these guys are saying stuff that should be censored." Mm. Yep. I think it was probably because the lady, the audio that we played, uh, the lady tried to claim that the uh, shots would plug you into the Internet of Things. We didn't endorse that. In fact, we even said, "Not sure about that part." Yeah, but all the rest of the things she said checked out on a simple Google search. All those terms were real. 
you know, maybe she was stretching it when she mentioned that mRNA technology is nanotechnology that'll plug your body at a cellular level into the internet of things. Maybe this will get censored too, I guess, just for even speculating about it. <laughs> Interesting that we got hit like that when we don't even bother with YouTube and 10 nobody, subscribers. Nobody, we have 10. So that's, oh, actually, keep talking. I'll tell you, keep talking about it. Literally infinitely more than I expected. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't think we had any, and so, um, what was I gonna say? Uh, oh, especially given that they're not doing as much of that anymore. You, a year and a half ago, if you brought up the lab leak theory, you were censored. If you brought up even simple vaccine side effects, you were you were you were censored. If you said the vaccines don't present present prevent the spread, you were censored. None yeah. of that gets you censored now, but I guess talking about the Internet of Bodies, which is how you know it's real. <laughs> if they're still censoring the Internet of Bodies, give it six to nine months, and today's conspiracy theory will be tomorrow's conspiracy. Anyway, That's how it goes. That is how it goes. Uh, let's see. We have exactly your channel. Four? No. Oh, oh, sorry. One. We have one subscriber. <laughs> we have one subscriber. That's much closer to what I expected. One subscriber. I wonder That's who awesome. it is. Uh, Dude, you know we hit we we said something that they don't like. Yeah. Uh, because it's too close to the mark if they bothered censoring our little show that had two posts and one subscriber. One subscriber. So all that being said, all y'all go back and listen. Was it 92 or 93? 92. Go back and listen to 92 because it must mean there's some serious doomsday real truth s in that thing yeah uh okay so speaking of censorship this is awesome i just found this moments before today's show uh this is the first lady talking on nbc news exclusive yesterday there we go come on just the profession and and also teachers of color parents and politicians are now weighing in on what books should be in our school libraries and what their kids are being taught where is the line in your opinion with how much of a say parents should have when it comes to what their kids are learning in school well i think with the pandemic parents saw how hard teachers work and how difficult this job really is. And I think if they work together in their school districts and decide what they want with their curriculum. Is there a balance between, you know, this book should be in the library. This is the best part. All books should be in the library. All books. This is America. We don't ban books. Huh. Especially the kiddie porn ones. They're really, they're really into those. Yeah. So that's the, the sure host asked her that. What about the books? And she said, all Books should be in the library. Who we was don't, that? Uh, that was a uh, the lady MS, who runs the MS. Uh, wait, let me pull that up again. Some context would help, Mister Radio Pro. Yeah, NBC News exclusive today. Exclusive. I don't know who the host is. African American woman. I don't care about the host. I want to know who the lady that they were asking the questions to was. Oh, it's Jill Biden. Oh, that was Dr. Jill. I'm sorry. If you teed yeah. that up, I, I missed it. My bad. Uh, did I not say that? If I did, then you, you geez. may have. Sorry. You yeah, that's that's Jill okay. Biden. <laughs> Doctor. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dude, Whoopi have we Goldberg's talked about choice for Surgeon General? All right. We've talked about the guy, uh, Sam Brenton, who's part of the Department, part, Department of Energy over nuclear waste that's into puppy play mm -hmm. and poop play with his assortment of Haka. 
of LGBTQRS other kin friends, right? We've, we've talked about him. Yeah. Of course, we've talked about Dr. Rachel Levine, the first, and they actually called her female attorney general or whatever her position is. Uh, and, sorry, Rachel, you're a dude. Yeah, as, a dude. as, as evidenced by the fact that he'd fathered four children with his ex-wife before the age of 59 when he finally became the ugliest woman they called her female though dude not 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 woman Mm. right they actually called her the first female whatever her position is do you know about the guy who's in charge of the monkeypox pandemic in the white house i have i have a guess it's probably someone very likely to get monkeypox for sure. <laughs> For sure. Which, you know, hey, is it lost on if, me? If that was the extent of it, I'd say, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Make a gay guy. Because mm-hmm. there's an infinite number of clips of the news telling us that this affects what they call men who have sex with men. Um, so this person's probably doing butt stuff, first of all. This dude's doing Satan stuff. Oh, gosh. I'm serious as a heart attack, man. Look up pictures of this guy. Let's see if I can find him real quick. <laughs> if I Google President's butt pox czar, do you think it'll come up? Let's see. Probably. This is my kid's computer. I'm not going to put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, monkey pox. <laughs> Guess what? The second search on Bing is mon- White House monkey pox coordinator. People are checking him out. Uh. Thank God. I got blocked. Do you, so here's the thing about what what the first lady said. Yeah, here we go. She said when she said we don't ban books. Did you did the irony siren not go off in your head about? I mean, we just got banned on YouTube, and so in this this administration and that oh, yeah. party has even, yeah, sure. isn't even hiding the fact that they they banned stuff and censored stuff to win an election. Like Zuckerberg was on with Rogan a month, not even a month ago, two weeks ago, and admitted that. They were working in conjunction with the FBI to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. Admitted <clears> it. And, the, and yet here she is saying we don't ban things. We don't ban things. It's just, dude. Where's, well, I that, mean, where's that Orwellian uh, sounder hey, that we're doing? We need our make? 1984 sounder. You were supposed to make mm-hmm. that. What's up? I, dude, I mean, you know, what's one of the best things about being the leftist is you don't have to consistent or make any sense we talk about this all the time dimitri daskalakis dimitri daskalakis is the uh the homeboy that uh is in charge of the butt pox he proudly wears the official symbol of the church of satan it's got a pentagram tattooed on his body and Uh, this is a point of the biden Biden? he and his boyfriend have uh like they, they they coordinate satanic rituals uh in manhattan together um yeah yeah he's got he, there there's lots of good pictures of him look him up dimitri daskalakis uh hmm. pictures of him on the internet showing off all of his satanic tattoos and all this weird strappy leather stuff but like you said i mean <sighs> It seems to be yet another plague from God indicating the end of days uh, and it only attacks gay men. So maybe this is actually the best guy ever to appoint to this particular job. 
Uh, and Biden calls himself a Christian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, geez. Okay. Uh, since we're talking about censorship and uh, what I want to and and what books should be allowed in school curriculums, uh, I want to play this clip for you next. And this is a member of the. Gays Against Groomers. I didn't know that was an organization. I'm glad that it is. This is him speaking out in Miami at a, uh, I believe it is a, it's the Miami Dade School Board meeting, and it's to oppose October becoming LGBTQRSTV, whatever History Month. And so here's this guy. Everyone, for this opportunity to speak tonight. I'm here today because I am concerned about the current and future state of our education system. I am a Miami native and a product of the MDCPS system. I'm also a gay man. And as a gay man, I understand the importance of a healthy and balanced education. I understand the importance in diversity of thought. And ultimately, I understand the importance of unbiased development. What is happening right now is no longer acceptance. It's no longer the support my community needed in the 90s and early 2000s. It's indoctrination. I do not use the word lightly, but it's the truth. The children deserve an education that will develop them, give them a platform for critical thinking and problem solving so that we can push and create a better future. What we are pushing right now is not that. We are moving in a direction that will create entitled, confused, depressed, and potentially dangerous adults. Providing support and being accepting is very different from promoting and encouraging a certain lifestyle. Mic drop, right? Yeah. I mean, it won't work and he'll be labeled somehow like a... A bigot? A Nazi, I'm sure, <laughs> if he's not already. But yeah, I mean, it's spot on. And I, I would... I, I, you can definitely be LGBTQ and be not woke. Um, For sure. Yeah. Turn your mic up. Um, anyway, I thought that was interesting. And and I'm glad that something like Gays Against Groomers is out there speaking out for what we believe to be true. Like, and I think any parent, like, we don't want our kids indoctrinated. Well, you can't say any parent because there's kids, there's parents out there who are putting dresses on their five-year-old boys. So uh, that's not true. <clears throat> Also, some house cleaning from last episode where you said two things I have to take issue with. Number one, we got into the discussion of people being inherently good or bad. You said you think they're good. I don't think so. I want to call you out on that. I think people are very evil. They're evil. They're evil. Wait, I don't think I said they're inherently good. I said I think they're inherently neutral. No. And they're either they're either but 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 I will say this. Don't you think because of, of sin they... that we are evil? And we're that's our nature. I think we are. And that I think because of the lack of discipline and allowing Satan in where God belongs, we can become evil. Yeah. I think there's just I just think there's bad people in the world. Like maybe maybe they they maybe they became evil. But anyway, I wanted to clarify Well the point that, that I made was that anybody can be saved, which we have to believe for Christians, right? That's true. Yeah. Right. So I don't disagree. There are people who are evil right now. But if they're capable of being saved, 
according to our faith, that means that they're not, they're not like doomed to evil. Yeah. But then there's parts of the Bible that kind of say, no, actually there are some that are just created that way. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm going to go with, I'm going to, my final answer, people, some people are inherently evil and that's just the way it is. They can still be saved. Uh, but that's just how they are. I can't square those two positions, but fine. Um, the other thing was this, this phrase, uh, which we know facts don't care about your feelings, but then you said feelings don't care about your facts and that both could be true. I don't know about that either. I don't know what you mean. And that both can be true and you don't know about what do you mean? Like uh, how can feelings, well, there's no validity to the, the second part of it. Feelings don't care about your facts yeah it's inherently stupid but that but it's still correct right it's okay you're right. Well, as long as you're, you're saying right. it's inherently stupid no i'm not no no no. that you missed my point right yeah, I, I guess so yeah you missed my point the, the point is those that dismiss the facts in lieu of their feelings are being first of all they're entirely capable they are going to be manipulated and they're being manipulated quite deliberately mostly by the left Right. But that's the whole fundamental like basis of Marxism and postmodernism in the first place is that they dismiss mm. the idea of of sub of, ob, of objective factual reality. Right. Right. Uh, we've talked about this. Marx wrote about it and everybody since Marx has written about how all that matters is what you believe. That's what the whole thing about your truth means. Right. There's your truth. There's not anything such thing as the truth. Mm. Right. So that's just such a stupid premise. Yeah, well, and so so if there is no such thing as the truth, there is only your truth. Well, who gets to make? Like, where does your truth come from? It doesn't come from facts. It comes yeah. from how you feel. They they write this. Okay. I'm not making this s I get up. It. I they, get it now. They yeah. write this. Right. You're right. Ugh. It's a stupid way to live and move through the world. But mm. but you know when you hear when people with their head on straight hear Shapiro say facts don't care about your feelings. We want to do the little you know crazy sounder that you know like bow, 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 sounder thing mm -hmm. but the flip side sort of counter the sad depressing unfortunate flip side counter is yeah well the, those who are guided by their feelings don't give a damn about his facts that's how i feel in my real job every day and, when and dealing is, with anti-hunters like, here's is the science right they don't want to they don't give a damn about Here's your science mountains of data that prove how important hunting is to the survival of species. They don't give a damn about that. Here's your penis. All they care about really is a man, by the way. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just a different, <laughs> Dude, just a different run down world. the list. Gun uh, control, you know, aborting nine month quote fetuses when they're entirely ready to be born and live outside, like all of it. Not all of it, all of it. The left and the right boil down to exactly that. And there's dude, there's Peterson talks about these oh, types of things all the time, and I know we've touched on it, but there's something called the, the big five personality traits in the world of psychology, right? And these personality traits, these five major cate categories, they're like they're like five continue like spectrums, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're either uh on the uh on the conscientious end or a trait conscientiousness or trait openness, right? Conscientiousness means that you're like real worried about being your you're type a you're worried about doing a really good job um you're, you're worried about things like facts right and people who are high in trait consciousness skew conservative people who are in high in trait openness where they're, they're more worried about other people's feelings right they skew 
left or, li- or liberal, right? Now, all of these questions for you, right? And you can be what? Do you think any real leader in history has ever skewed for the I care about your feelings more than facts side of the fence? Um, I mean, actual somebody with power, nobody who kept it for very long has. Yeah. Just pointing that out. Yeah. Well, I mean, then that, that's the problem, like, right? Like Marx wrote this, this, this crazy thing all based on feelings and, and basically turned like an entire ideology, ide- turned an ideological weapon over to authoritarians who want to use it for control. But mm. at the same time, he built that into it. Marx himself wasn't the leader. Yeah, he was a douchebag. Have we talked about that? That Marx got he like went to you know university in Paris, and also I think in in London in the mid eighteen hundreds before mm. becoming you know the author of the Communist Manifesto. Like, dude was born with a silver spoon. Was he? Was I, I can't remember if it's him or if it was another uh, someone else that died penniless and basically no one gave any kind of reverence to their work I, 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 at the time i, I don't know when he died Marx, but i don't i don't know for sure yeah. he wrote that thing in like 1850s i don't know exactly when he died either give yeah. me two seconds to grab a plug for this machine that i had to move yeah yeah um so we had a fantasy football draft the other day and it ends up with us uh, at a bowling alley at 10 p.m. It was just actually just the closest bar to walk to after the fantasy draft. And Sounds like uh, it led to a hangover. No, it led to the next fantasy football draft, which was on Thursday. So that was on Wednesday. I went ahead and just scheduled them back to back so that I could get it all over with. And so Aaron could just be mad at me for a day or two. And But it literally says on the calendar, cable fantasy football draft checked out, essentially not going to be present uh anyway so i'm sitting there playing we're bowling it's me to one of our fraternity brothers and another guy that you know and then and an old guy who's 60 and uh i started transition to politics while we're bowling and he this other guy called not our fraternity brother this other guy was like i'm a conservative i was like you are not i was like yeah there's we've had way too many conversations you are not and if you do vote that way you're you're on the fence every time i was like take beto for example he's like i never said i was voting for beto i said don't you own a gun he goes yeah i said well beto's on the record as saying he wants to take your guns away he goes he didn't say that and i was like yeah he did he said he wants to take our ars away he goes well ars he said ars but that that doesn't mean all guns and anyway this turned into the 60 year old saying yeah dude you are not a conservative sorry <laughs> and they and it ended up with every i mean all of us just yelling at each other essentially it was quite comical i'm sure for we were the only ones in the bowling alley at this time it was that's late. probably good yeah uh but yeah it was great to see to see a 60 year old come on <clears throat> like join in the fray and actually w- once he heard the absurdity and, and the and the guy was like yeah he didn't effing say that man he didn't say he's coming for your guns i said is an ar a gun goes yeah i said well then he's coming for your guns so well you can't just say you can't lump it all into one thing i was like it's it's a slippery slope and you if you if you come for one they're not stopping they never stop with anything but uh it was it was sad you'll have to tell me who you're talking about off here i will i will uh Uh, (laughs) how do you how do you define how do you 
differentiate like well it's not all guns but you know it's the only one that the government's actually fearful of them on militia they're not afraid of shotguns it's because it's because that person has been well conditioned by the establishment in particular our media at the beck and call of the authoritarians in our federal government to believe that ar-15s are the most you know dangerous thing that is faced in america despite the fact that anybody who knows anything about gun violence statistics knows that less than what is it less than one or less than five percent no it's it's like one percent yeah that's what i thought less than one mm-hmm. is it half a percent i think it's one percent of, yeah. of annual of, gun uh, deaths are are the result of an ar-15 right yeah they're all done by handguns half of them are suicides everybody knows this doesn't matter to your point it's not because they don't want people being able to defend themselves and they're not worried about you defending yourself from an intruder. I'll leave it at that. That's all this is about. It's not about school shootings. Um, I mean, Joe Biden is making the unveiled threat. What are you going to do against my F-18s and my nuclear, my nukes? Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. And those same people, and one of those fantasy drafts kind of just laughed that off. Like, ah, he's not really, he, he is not really mean that. And I was like, and, and, and I said, well, what about this new movement uh, over the last two weeks where they're trying to label every conservative as a uh, ultra MAGA and a threat. And they're like, no. And, they, and, I, I, extremists. and they I showed just... him the picture of, of uh, Adolf Biden with all of the red stuff at his speech and everything. And they're like, we were wondering how long it would take you to uh, bring this up. We didn't talk about this, did we? Yeah, because no. we didn't do a show last week. Uh, and and I said, well, have you heard with the messaging from him in the White House? They said, well, you didn't li- you didn't listen to the speech. I said, I did listen to the speech, and he didn't say it in that speech. But you know when he did say it, three days before that. You know when uh, Kareen Jean Pierre said it every day this week, literally every day this week. I could play you audio from it. Oh, we don't we don't. I said, do you guys ever listen to the White House press secretary? No. So maybe you should. Because it's, it's not all about Biden. It's This is his puppet. He's someone's puppet. This is his puppet doing his bidding. She just literally said last week, you know, the the conservative party has been hijacked by the ultra mega and they're the biggest threat to the country. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's the same BS uh, messaging coming out of her stupid mouth every day. Some more stupid... I got it. At least we have a Kamala sounder. Uh, did you happen to take a listen to idiot vice president? Uh, her comments this week on the border schism. Did you hear that? It's totally secure in that uh, any country wants a secure border. And we're here we no different. Back here. So, uh, we're here in Texas. I want to ask you about the border. Would you call the border secure? I think that there is no question that we have to do what the president and I asked Congress to do is the first request we make. Diary of the mouth. Pass a bill to create a pathway to citizenship. The border is secure, but we also have a broken immigration system, in particular over the last four years before we came in, and it needs to be fixed. We're going to have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure. We have a secure border 
and that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. But there are still a lot of problems that we are trying to fix, given the deterioration that happened over the last four years. Blamed it on Trump, who was actually trying to build and the Congress. wall. And Congress, trying to be fair. To build she, wall, she blamed it on you Congress. You have an open border policy. It was something yeah. like 250,000 uh, illegals would come through a year, I think, under Trump. And we're at 2 million under Biden already. So, yeah, the border's secure. It's secure because I said it was secure. No, and, no, no. And if it no. isn't, it's because of Trump. It's secure because countries want a secure border like ours that's what she said right she said yeah the border is secure in that all countries need secure borders including ours i feel like that woman so searches wait. for big words you're saying they come out all wrong it's secure because it should be but right. chuck todd's asking you is it not not should it be it, is it it's not it's not secure just because it would be a good idea we agree with you on that part for sure yes the border security should be a priority in that all countries think it is including ours right but that doesn't make it so your policies and your empowerment of of our of our border patrol agents uh and immigrations and custom enforcement that that's what creates a secure border well not the fact that all countries would like to have one to be fair the border patrol shouldn't be riding around on horseback whipping illegals remember that uh yeah i I remember that it never happened there's just the horse reins and they turned it into us the border patrol whipping illegals oh what i would like to know it's all trump's fault how many americans that saw that still think that that was legit too many too many so i mean that yeah we assume right but i need to know how i need to know because that's what they do right they they get out in front of a story and they manipulate it to an agenda and then when it gets proven resoundingly to have been a hoax you know they they might address it the new york times might put in you know section you know, Q of the paper on page 36, a two sentence correction, right? Yeah. Um, you never see like the nightly, new, you know, the, the, the cable news networks actually say, hey, that whole thing about those reins and the border patrol whipping that guy wasn't true. They don't do that. It'll be written somewhere in the far corners of the internet. But those of us who pay real attention and more importantly are skeptical as soon as the thing comes out, you know, half the country knows how many people even saw that. And of those folks, how many people know that it was proven false? I, I, I wish I could, I wish I could know that. There's no way to know, but I'll guarantee like, you this. Like anyone they're making, could even they're, know they're gaining ground for the midterms. They are because they're, 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 they're lying. They're lying. No, they're yeah. not, dude. No, they're yeah, not. Dude. No, they're not, dude. They're not gaining ground. Listen, man, I, w- I listened to Shapiro yesterday and I wanted to freaking hit something because he kept talking about how so for for the last two weeks he's been saying that the republicans are giving it away they're giving it away the polls show it's tightening show me a poll that has even been close in the last eight years and it goes way beyond that right but the polls were dead wrong in 2016 they were dead wrong in 2018 they were dead wrong in 2020 
The polls are wrong all the time. They skew Democrat. Mm. The Trafalgar group is the only polling entity you should pay even the slightest bit of attention to. They point out. Well, I hope you're I mean, right. Here's the thing. Go to the, go to the real clear politics average of polls right now. Biden is still grossly underwater and the GOP is still project, projected to win the House and the Senate. Well, I, so there's two things why I brought this things. up. There's two things, dude. No agenda has been all over this one. I guess it's kind of three things. Who controls the polls? That's a question to you. Oh, it needs to be an independent. But who does out. control the polls? I would say probably the media. Look at the names of them. The ABC News Harris poll. Mm -hmm. The Washington Journal such and such poll, right? The Reuters poll, the Wall Street Journal such and such poll, right? Every single poll. So those can all be discounted. Every single poll that you can name is either an academic institution, a media conglomerate, or both, Mm -hmm. right? So that's who controls the polling. Well, guess who makes money during election season? The media institutions. Right. So doesn't it make a lot of sense for them to make it appear as though the race is super tight so that both parties are pumping as much money into the media as they possibly can? This is true. It's an effing hoax, dude. It's a money-grabbing scheme, plain and simple. The only polls that mattered were about four months ago before they started ratcheting up. Now, they've, they've had some things happen that have given them cover for doing so, right? The, the, the Dobbs decision gave it a, at least the plausible case that things were tightening. But I talked about this two or three episodes ago. There was a decision. There was a there was a damn early an early election, uh, a special election for a House seat in New York that was won by a Democrat. The polling showed that the Democrat and the Republican were in a dead heat going into that special election. And the media spun that as. Oh, and she's a hardcore leftist, by the way, like a socialist, admitted devout socialist Mm -hmm. leftist. Right. So they're like, look, not only are the Democrats surging because the Democrat won this hotly contested election, but it was a hyper progressive. Biden won that particular district by double digits two years ago. Right. So the fact that and and this person only won by two percent. So the truth is, even in that hyper leftist district. The gap in two years had closed from a 10 or 12 point deficit to a two point deficit. That's the actual story. But you don't hear that story unless you listen to Tim Pool, right? That proves none of this is real, dude. It's all about let's make it look go on real clear politics right now. And you'll see that they've got 46 uh, Senate's for the Demo- Senate seats for the Democrats, 46 for the Republicans and eight toss ups. You look at the House, they've got 218 seats. Going for the Republicans in the House, 184, I think, for the Democrats. And it's like, uh, what's the difference there? It's like uh, 32 seats up for grabs. So the difference between, they're showing the Republicans have a huge margin. Yeah. But the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats, if all of them went for the Democrats, it'd be a tie. Hmm. All that shit is rigged to create the impression that there is a, there is a, momentum building behind the democrats it ain't true man inflation hit 8.3 percent again in august according no, to they the threw a party yesterday while the dow jones was crashing on the right on the tv worst day since 2020 <laughs> yeah. Biden's celebrating signing this bill yeah. having a party 
And the Dow Jones is literally crashing on the TV that he's celebrating on. The Republicans are going to win the House. I think I think they'll squeak out a victory in the Senate. That remains to be seen. Um, one of the things that these Trafalgar point, people point out is, you know, you want to know how you can manipulate one of these polls? It's it's how you start the questioning, right? If you start the questioning off by talking about abortion and then continue to move on with your polling, a bunch of Republicans are just going to be like, I don't even care. And they're going to say, I don't want to proceed with the poll, right? But every single Democrat in America that cares about abortion more than anything stays with the poll. So you skew the whole thing Democratic, mm-hmm. right? It's easy. Like, I'm not saying they're making up numbers. They make up a process. Right. Which can then get the results. The results. Yeah. And maybe they're not even doing it on purpose half the time. It may be that they're just so biased by their own by their own biases. Right. They're so in, 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 infected with their own leftism that they can't. Dude, we see this all the time. These leftists from these from places like Cambridge, Massachusetts, they don't understand how a conservative thinks. They don't understand. They don't understand what it means to be a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. They literally don't get it. So they may not be capable of making an unbiased poll. But the reality is there's money there. The, the, the No Agenda guys have played twice in their last four episodes an audio clip of the CEO of, I think, ABC talking about in 2016, in the Trump election, he was begging Trump to continue being divisive and, and, and derisive because it was good for ratings. And he explained, we've got the Super Bowl this year. We've got the NBA, maybe the NBA finals, and we've got an election year. So we're looking for record quarter, third quarter and fourth quarter profits. Mm. It's all about money, dude. And he literally said at the end, get right in there, Trump, and give him hell. Keep it up, buddy. Well, I took issue with and So Kamala's put her foot in her mouth, as she always does when they let her out of the basement. Obviously, with that just blatant lie, um, series of lies, absurdity. Yeah, and she just sounded so stupid when she was talking to so dumb. When does she ever not? Uh, but she also said that this week, uh, and I don't have a clip from it. It doesn't matter. But she's looking forward to being the tiebreaker when the Democrats take the Senate, and they're going to do away with the filibuster and codify Roe v. Wade. That's her big, her big thing, her spiel now. Other than claiming that the border is secure. Speaking of election effery, I sent you this and it's relevant at the moment. Um, I will admit that not giving Democrats any reason to be uh, optimistic or excited is somewhat helpful, right? I mean, the truth is the independents are still 70-something to 30-something or 20-something for the Republicans, right? And that's what swings the elections, right? <clears throat> but... If you can pick off some liberal-leaning independents and get a huge turnout among progressives, that's that's not ideal, right? And the Dobbs decision definitely has ignited Democrats, but I, I, I don't. I mean, the vast majority of like hardcore baby killers live in places that we're going to vote for Democrats anyway, right? Right. But when good old Senator Lindsey Graham. Oh, dude. Which Adam Curry likes to refer to as Lady G, which is hilarious because there's not a more closeted homosexual in the history of Congress than Lindsey Graham. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) (coughs) And this one just got taken down off YouTube. That guy is a rhino, big, big government, military industrial complex stooge. 
And for him to go less than 50 days or so out from this election and throw out there that he wants to put a federal ban at 15 weeks on that issue. Uh, not that I disagree with it, but you know what? You had the biggest win on the issue since, since, since Roe was decided in 1973 to turn it back to the states. How about just chill on that for a minute? It's sabotage, man. He mm. deliberately incited the leftist base because he's scared to death of the populist uprising within the Republican Party that's coming for all those. No, it's definitely sabotage. Terrible timing. Like I said, I agree with it. Mm. But I still think it was sabotage. He does point out, though, that having a 15-week ban would be in line with 45 European nations. That's how badly brainwashed and miseducated the American public is. That they don't realize that even some of the most progressive states in the European Union, like France or you know now independent England, have like 20 and 22-week abortion bans, uh, respectively, right? Right. right. Here, the it's not one. No, it's not an absurd proposal, but the timing right. is utterly... And some of our listeners might be like, well, it's always a good time to propose something like that. Do it after we take the House and the Senate. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it stands no chance of going anywhere. If you're being extremely charitable, he's trying to rally the pro-choice, pro, I'm sorry, the pro-life mm -hmm. uh, base. But um, there should already be at the biggest fever pitch they've ever been at. Shouldn't have been necessary to rally that group. Um, let's wrap this up with a little go, going, let's head back to the border issue. And this is, uh, DC councilwoman, Brian Nadu totally looks like a dude. Not gonna <laughs> lie. It's been said, but it's worth reiterating that the governors of Texas and Arizona have created this crisis. And the federal government has not stepped up to assist the District of Columbia. So we, um, along with our regional partners, will do what we've always done. We'll rise to the occasion. We've learned from border towns like El Paso and Brownsville. Um, and in many ways, the governors of Texas and Arizona have turned us into a border town. We don't know how long this will take to resolve, we don't know how long they will continue busing. And so the right thing to do here is to be prepared to ensure we can greet every bus, we can get people off on the right foot, we can get them where they want to go, and that will ultimately help them in their immigration process. You know what you I hate, Chisholm? I hate the idea that it's your fault. I mean, it's your fault and it's your problem, Texas and Arizona, just because you're the ones on the border up in D.C., we're, we're different Americans up here. It's not our problem. Out of mind, out of sight. You know what? F you. Abbott, I hope, sends every freaking one of those illegals to their doorstep. Dude, they're dude. bitching about having, what, four or 500 show up? We've got thousands upon thousands crossing you're the border every day. It's all wrong, bro. You're looking, at, you're looking at it all wrong, bro. You're looking at it all wrong. All of that was beautiful. Mayor Mariel Bowser's original response to it was beautiful. Mayor, uh, uh, oh, I'm looking for something like to get Batman. angry about. It. The, one, the one that's a angry. Batman villain from Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. Shh. Their Her responses to so this are amazing, dude. Like the double think, the cognitive dissonance yeah. in that sound clip. You know, like 
<clears throat> if you you're looking stand, at it as a golden nugget, I'm getting fired up. But yes, when you clearly, stand under when you stand under how like, hypocritical they are. When you stand under really big electricity transmission lines, right? Like the ones that have like a giant like you know ditch underneath them, right? The really big ones that you can mm. hear like buzzing and popping and crackling. You the can hear that going on. Yeah. You could hear that going on in her brain as she tried to like she even started to stumble, but she was so she's so irate about what's happening, yet trying to be woke progressive when she started to call dc a border town she almost couldn't get it out but then she couldn't stop herself from saying it like that woman is a disaster their policies are disasters and they're trying to put a beautiful spin on it we're you know the texas and arizona created this but and now we're a border town but we're gonna stand ready and do what needs to be done for these people cool good figure it out great y'all the ones who want this Y'all call yourself sanctuary cities? The underlying message, though, there was that she didn't really like being a border town. That's what I'm saying. That's where the double think is like, yeah, absolutely. It's like we want to call ourselves a a sanctuary city, but we don't actually want to have to deal with this mess. Dude, the summer I spent in D.C., I went to a dinner party in some, you know, lefties backyard. And this was one of the topic of conversation, because at the time, the Bush administration was trying to get their amnesty bill passed. And it was so abundantly clear that these DC Beltway D bags are oblivious to what it's like to live in South Texas or South Arizona, right? For the Mexican Americans who live there, who don't like open borders either, who don't want crime and human trafficking and drug smuggling pouring over into their cities, right? Like mm. that's there's the Democratic mayor of Eagle Pass, Texas, is going on the record on a weekly basis saying. We're trying to get the Democrats in D.C. to listen to us on this issue, and they won't even take my calls. Wow. Right. Yeah. This is a real issue, but they've always been so insulated and so geographically separated from it. They don't, you know, the dead guy that my dad found in at our ranch. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. The, truck we loads, talk the about, truckloads of people. What we should talk about damage. on a future episode is really take a hard look at the fentanyl pandemic. And how much fentanyl is really coming across the border? Because I read an article that it was like enough to kill a, a city of like five million people. It only takes like a, a half a thimbleful to kill a single person. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I have to leave us on an upbeat note, and I really do have to go volleyball. Uh, I went through some diversity and inclusion training earlier today. This is not really a training. Up, this isn't an upbeat, no. dude. The, the dude, fact that you had to go is. through it is just total horse But crap. it is. Wait, there's a nugget, a golden nugget. So uh, it wasn't really a training. It was just like a straight presentation. And to be honest with you, like I don't even really know what caused me to like. It wasn't a mandatory thing. I didn't have uh-huh. to attend it, but it was from noon to one, and I was like. This is you want to talk about cognitive dissonance, man, like having to toe that line and play that game um, is is a little bit soul crushing. Jordan Peterson would chastise me for even playing along. Right. That that mm-hmm. I that I'm not like fighting this tooth and nail and willing to lose my job over it yet. But I've said that the company that I work for, for the size and scale of our operation in 2022. Doesn't seem to be nearly as woke as some of its peers just in terms of scale right like our ceo put his foot down in august of 21 2021 and said i'll never make anybody in this company take a vaccine right and he was willing Mm -hmm. to foot the bill for that um but you know we do die stuff 
So I go ahead and log in and I go and I step in and the first slide I see, it says you are not special, but it's got a snowflake on it. <laughs> and so she starts to describe how everybody can be categorized. The big five personality test that I referenced earlier is a perfect example. Right. And I'm like, what kind of, uh, yeah, immediately I'm just, I'm triggered. Cause I'm like, ah, this is exactly the kind of communist crap I could, I expected it to be right. Nobody's special. Everybody's, you know, just all classified according to their race, gender, blah, blah, blah. Right. Identity politics at its worst is what right. I, what I thought I was getting into, but I also took note of the snowflake. And I had also taken note of the fact that there was no, the word equity didn't show up anywhere. It was a diversity and inclusion in a multi-generation company seminar. The next thing you know, dude. So this lady's whole business, she's part of this group called, um, ygen.com i think like why they do generational research and try to help companies understand the personality traits of the various generations since basically like going all the way back to the generations of the 30s and 40s like the silent generation and the great uh you know the boomers and all that she's trying to explain like you have to understand all these different generations that make up your workforce and the traits that they exhibit, but you, it's important to understand why they developed them. So she talks about like what was happening in education in the eighties, early eighties that created Gen Z. Right. And then in the mid eighties to, to mid nineties that created um, the millennial mindset with each group. Right. But she is like balls to the walls and as un PC as anything. There was a moment Ashley's sitting there watching it with me and she goes, she's like, you know how, like, the kid that you have that's the most like you is the one that you most want to punch in the throat. <laughs> we were just like, whoa. And that's the tip of the iceberg, dude. This lady was calling out everybody like a stand-up comic. I mean, and she almost, it was like a kind of a comedy routine she was doing. A million miles an hour. And she was calling out all the worst traits of each of these generations and how the boomers are the, you know, the millennial the, 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 the ridiculous absurdity of millennials is the product of the crappy parenting of the boomers. And, you know, but also pointing out, but at the same time, there are strengths that you can harness from each of these generations. She's like millennials that you might walk by and you think, wow, that kid is so arrogant. They're not sitting there doing anything. But the reality is they already got done in five minutes what it takes a boomer, you know, four hours to do because they don't know how to work a damn computer. Right. Mm. So so like she was showing you, like, here's what groomed these kids to be who they are. So understand that. And try to develop management practices and hiring practices that can help you be competitive in this environment. But she also made it abundantly clear. Don't expect, you know, she talked a lot about like the idea of which you've railed about uh, the, the participation trophy. She's like, yeah. you know, it's not these kids faults that these dumb boomer parents gave out these participation trophies. At the same time, you're not giving out participation trophies at your company. You're expecting excellence. Here's how you get excellence out of those kids who came to expect a trophy, right? So what I'm saying is this is an actual trophy that I earned by finishing first in my fantasy football league. Nice. And I love it. Anyway, maybe too it was, much. It's kind of like dude, an idol for me. I should probably not play fantasy football, but I can't quit. It. There was comments going on that were supposed to be questions. Like you were supposed to be able to, cause it was supposed to be a Q and a, there were no questions. There was just an infinite stream of people going, this is the best effing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Thank you, WM, for putting this on. How refreshing. Oh, wow. Like, I'd never expected this to be like that. Like, this lady was 
it was unbelievable, dude. Like <laughs> when she said, I'm glad you kid, tuned in for it. I'm so I'm glad too. I'm going to make all the people that work for me watch it because mm -hmm. there's some really valuable information. First of all, you do have to figure out how to like how to relate to these generations that came after you. Right. And so understanding why they're that way and how you can take the best of that and like, you know, kind of help guide them through the worst of it is, is useful. But I was just also glad to see my company endorsing such an un-PC version of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Man, there's something. This isn't going to go on forever. It's my son. He's the one that I would most like to throat punch. <laughs> <laughs> and that, dude, if I can't, like, there was so much more content that was so much, that was just as crass, but more important. But that's like the best example I could come to of this lady talking about punching your kid in the throat yeah. on a seminar full of hundreds of people in the midst of 2022 hyper PC nonsense. Like <laughs> it was, it was rad. And she made this one point. I'll leave it. I'll, I'll finish with this. She's like, she pointed out that the millennials were the first generation really in American history that when the 2008 economic collapse happened, what they called the great recession, right? All those kids were in their like early twenties, probably just gotten out of college, saddled with a mountain of debt. And a lot of them moved back in with their parents and a lot of them haven't left. Right. And that was okay because their boomer parents were perfectly happy to continue helicopter, helicopter parenting in them forever. Right. Mm -hmm. So she actually said from her perspective, the reason that you're seeing all this diversity, equity, and inclusion going on in HR departments across the country is that those kids had so much uh, strain taken off of their plate that they filled that strain with these woke social justice causes, which we've all talked about, right? Like we've talked about that, that those kids have never gone without anything. They're, they're hyper sheltered, helicopter parented, and it's given, there's no struggle in their life. So they've replaced what should be the struggle just to eat and pay the rent with the struggle against figmentary Marxist causes. Right. Yeah. So she's like, so now they come to expect that. So when they come to work at your business, they expect to see all that social justice thing, which is why for the last five years, you've seen an explosion in the DEI, DEI industry, which to me, and, and then one thing she said was, she says that the generation that's coming up right now, which they're calling like generation alpha, which is like 20, 2005 or six till today. Uh -huh. She's like, they are de destined to be according to something called the, Sh the Strauss Howe theory of generations, which is like a four generation cycle. They're destined to be the next great generation. The, the, the world war two era types. Oh, they're going to have to be because they're going to be saddled with so much debt that it, they're, it's going to be impossible. Well, for them. so she points out, you know, the pandemic was, a global catastrophe, maybe not perfectly similar, but something kind of akin to uh, World War II, right? But it's also just the cycle, right? That that generation, and there's a lot of reporting about this, that generation is the one pushing back against woke millennial nonsense, right? So, you know, they're sort of coming to save the day the same way that the guys who landed at D-Day did. Um, and of course, there's the threat of World War III looming, so maybe they're actually going to have to. But anyway, mm -hmm. so when diversity and equity uh, uh, starts to turn this direction, there's there's reason for hope. I guess I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, and we it will was awesome. High. If I can, yeah. I'll send you a link to it. It's absolutely worth spending 60 minutes watching. It was freaking awesome. I'm gonna watch the whole thing. I'm in, and it's so weird for me too because I'm not a part of the corporate anything. 
So I don't have to do yeah. these meetings. I don't, I mean, the only Zoom meetings like I do are this. Yeah. So, all right. Well, go. for Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to episode 94 of Justified Pursuit. We will see you guys next time. Un-PC woke? That's the best I got. I'll try it out. Maybe. Probably not.